You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hi, this is Steven from Geek Elite Media, and I want to tell you about Cuts by Candice, a hairstylist that will work with you to get just the right look. After growing my hair out for years and years, Candice was the only stylist I trusted to cut my luscious locks. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of April 2019, and you'll get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts by Candice 3 on Instagram, and start looking the best you, you can. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. Gentlemen, it is a glorious week because we are back. We are talking about Game of Thrones. If I had an air horn right now, I'd be blowing it. <laughs> Steven? Hey. Glorious is a real specific word to have chosen. <laughs> <laughs> I spoke, I chose I chose what I chose. <laughs> uh, all right. So yes, we have Steven back. We have John here. We're talking about Game of Thrones. Season eight or a season nine. No, season eight. Season eight. Season episode eight, one. episode one. Last season. We only get six episodes for this season, gentlemen. Uh, and all of varying lengths. All in varying lengths, yeah. This one was only an hour. Yeah, I know. I was like, really? This this should have been more. Or cut out all the pointless how to train your dragon. <laughs> yes, so yeah. Well, that was gonna... a long sequence. <laughs> and I don't, like, I was like, this is still going. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think, uh, I think Brian said it best with, we don't have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And that was like, that was like what? Maybe a minute and a half into the episode, he said, we don't have time for this. Exactly. And they proceeded to have the slowest episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. We'll definitely get to all that uh, later on after we talk about uh, the geek news for the week. And John gives us a little bit of a lineage of one of the characters that we haven't seen in a while. It won't be a long one. It won't be a That's long one. That's what she said. Ah. All right. Let's talk about some geek news. First thing we're going to talk about, the Russo brothers. They have put it out there on the internet that, hey... Don't ruin it. Don't ruin Endgame for other people that haven't had a chance to see the movie yet. Uh, so one of the big stories that came out this past week was that um, some people got to see early screenings of the movie, of Endgame, and somehow snuck a camera phone or a phone or a camera or something into the thing, and they videoed, uh, video recorded some of it, and they put it out on the internet, and, and people were just going on the message boards and the internet places and, and Twitter and just being like, hey, this is what we saw kind of things. Like, fuck you. What Jeez. is wrong with these people? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't beat the time that somebody saw an early screening of Star Wars The Force Awakens and then created a decal that they put on the back of their Jeep that said Han Solo dies in The Force Awakens. I mean, that is just wrong. That is some dedication to be an asshole troll. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. is expert level. 
I mean, Disney will do it to themselves before anything else most of the time. I mean, look at what happened with uh, episode one when they put it on the soundtrack that Qui-Gon dies, like Qui-Gon's yeah. funeral, yeah. before it, it ever came out. But, like, you don't I mean, need to they, go out and They released the book, too, like a week early. Yeah, but you and... have to actively, like, be reading the book for that. To, I did. For, yeah, well, that's your own fault. Like, <laughs> this is looking at the soundtrack titles. This is true. Yeah. It, I mean, if that comes on the playlist, you'll be like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, damn. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, the the letter is pretty standard. It's it's, it's, all, it's a lot of what they said last time uh, for Infinity <clears throat> War of, hey, don't spoil it. Thanos uh, decrees it or whatever. So, this time it's uh, just straight up, hey, don't, don't spoil the end game. Hashtag don't spoil the end game. There's a really funny video that I recommend anybody that is a fan of asshole trolls check out, though. And it's from the time that the Half-Blood Prince was released on, like, you know, book, when the book was released. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is people, that video of that guy? Yeah. There was, like, you know, the, all the people were lining up to go, you know, buy the book at, like, their Barnes & Noble and stuff. They were having midnight releases. And um, while the people were all waiting outside in line, and somebody in a car was driving past shouting out that Snape kills Dumbledore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah they like that. basically like had to have like flipped the the book open and just like leaf through some pages to look for some spicy stuff. Yeah, just <coughs> go to the last chapter kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think they got an early copy. Maybe they were like the reviewers <laughs> for their local like paper or something. And I guess that's they were just move. That's, yeah. yeah. It's just, why would you <laughs> want to do that to people? Like, I get it. You're getting this this feeling and stuff. Like, hey, I got one over on a bunch of people, but it's just like, could you really feel that great about yourself? Yeah, just don't be a dick. Some um, people just think, I, I'm honestly a little bit surprised about uh, them putting out this whole message thing because, I mean, look what happened last time. Like, they like they put out that message, and then the first thing that happened was people came out of that movie, and, like, two days later, that, that meme was a thing. That I don't feel so good. Oh, that's true. Like, what the hell? <laughs> well, I don't think I mean, that message did it last and, time. And what are we going to do? Are we going to avoid the internet for the next 15 days or whatever we still have to go? Look. Yes. Look, I'm just talking about not ruining it for people before the movie comes out, before everybody has the opportunity to see it. You can't sit there and be like three days later and not be able to talk about it with people. It's just not fair to the people that have seen it. I think I think definitely we're getting to a place now where we have to decide like what's okay. As a rule of thumb for me, it's like two weeks and and you're done. Like that you've had the ch- you've had the time, you've had the chances. Um, for anything earlier than that, like in-person conversations, the clock is much shorter, three days. And like, you can talk to people about it and just be like, did you see it? You know? Yeah. And but in the office be like, I mean, oh, we should talk about this when we're not around like 30 people, <laughs> but like oh, on the internet, two weeks. Now I want to start putting out fake spoilers. <sighs> I mean, you can, That's, that doesn't really feel that good either, but I mean, it just sounds, it, it feels like it kind of, you know, if you flood the market, then like. You won't know what is a spoiler and what isn't. So wait, you're just you're thinking like Michael Scott from The Office. If I just tell a bunch of lies, no one will know what is true and what isn't. That true. is correct. <laughs> yes, I think that's what we should do. We should all do our part. Everybody should make up at least one solid fake spoiler and post it on their social media. I'm gonna do that today. That's dangerous. <laughs> I'm not gonna do because if like I, I think there's too many pitfalls for that one. Yeah. I mean, if I happen to be right, then I guess great. somebody should owe me a Coke or something. <laughs> that could be me, that's for sure. <laughs> I'll give you a Coke after I punch you. Hey, 
free Coke. Okay. Uh, all right. So, yes, don't spoil Endgame if you've happened to have a chance to see it. If you, When you do get to see it, try and save from talking about it on the internet for other people that haven't had it seen it. And if you are, do see Russo, it, the Russo's change are brothers, it just a correct? Yes, they're brothers. It's interesting in that situation. So they're saying, hey, don't spoil this. And then the Duffer brothers are like, hey, we don't want to spoil this in their court case they have to do right now. Right. <laughs> they, have, they have to possibly like publish the details of their plan for the story. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, are, they, are they being sued for like yeah, because, copyright or something? Well, someone else has a story that they they say they allege that they went to the Duffer brothers and said, hey, this mm-hmm. is something that would be a great story. And then they said, no, we don't want to do that. But then they came out with a... Like the, I think the the original story was called Hawkins or something like that, and it's something to that effect where it had things in common. Yeah, a lot of things in common. You know, that happened with the Wachowski brothers too. With the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As people were accusing them of stealing it from some um, lady from Chicago that wrote this crazy long story. It was very. As a matter of fact, I think they also said that it was the same person that wrote something that James Cameron eventually stole. To make Terminator, so she was like, I mean, they, they, they definitely cribbed the like the entirety of their visual style from Ghost in the Shell. They literally oh, yeah. went around with the VHS tape of Ghost in the Shell, and we're like, we want to make this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, okay, so Ninja Scroll. <laughs> I know that John is a huge fan of the Halo video game series. I is enough what? to put it on my body forever. There you go, forever. Um, it's a, it, his tattoo says. I, John, I'm a fan of the Halo series. That's forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a symbol or anything like that. It's just no. his own handwriting. That's, <laughs> that's very interesting. Uh, no, uh, Showtime is making a TV series based on the, the video game, and we now have a casting for the famed Master Chief. It's going to be played by Pablo Schreiber. And I was like, who? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I know that at first John didn't really understand who that was. I had to go through some of his uh, IMDb. IMDb. I so. mean, to be fair, the picture that they're showing there where he looks like he's straight out of Ireland, I was like, what? <laughs> also yeah. the name Pablo. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Pablo Schreiber is actually the younger brother to Liev Schreiber, who played Sabretooth in the Wolverine origin movie, and he's currently... Um, uh, Ray Donovan on Showtime. I mean, he's, he's yeah, he's William cool, Schreiber. He's Everybody a cool guy. Knows William Schreiber. Uh, Pablo Schreiber is his younger brother. He's been in some things too. He's currently on American Gods. He plays uh, a leprechaun, which is why he looks like straight out of uh, Ireland in that picture. Um, he was in Orange Is the New Black as Pornstash. Yeah, he's that's what sold me on this idea. I'm like, oh, that guy. <laughs> this is gonna be cool. <laughs> he was in The Wire. I mean, he's he's been in a lot of things. You, you you might not recognize his name, but when you see him, you you notice him. Yeah. Uh, I like I have no rep- frame of reference for Halo though. So I, same. What do you? Okay, then John, what do you? How do you think? Since you, I mean, you're okay with it since you know it's porn stash now. Yeah, and that's primarily because like we were discussing, I was like, oh, this is one of those character actors that like disappears into the role. Like I didn't recognize him as this uh, Leprechaun character. But then when I saw his other regular pictures, I was like, this looks nothing like this guy. Then I remembered, or you showed me he was porn stash. I was like, oh, things are making sense now. Yeah, this guy's going to delve into the character. I can feel he's definitely going to embody the the physicality. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. Now, Master Chief is like a seven-foot-tall augmented human. 
uh, this guy looks like he's an average human. So <laughs> I'm assuming they're going to do some kind of trickery if he's going to be full-blown Master Chief or if this is going to be like what takes place prior to the events of Halo, like when they're uh, still in the Spartan 2 project or program. Um, you know, they're they're basically like Navy SEALs at that point, but they're not quite at the level where they become the Spartans. Um, that would still be interesting because it would make sense to cast somebody who's a good actor uh, to actually be portraying stuff. Otherwise, if you just need somebody that's in a suit, it could be anybody that has the physique, and then you just match it later with the voice and post since you almost never see his face. That's another Power part range. that got me kind of interested in this. It's like, oh, if they're getting someone like this... It's got to be for the, uh, uh, you know, what they're going to be going through. I'm thinking it's going to be, uh, unless it says otherwise in there, I'm thinking this is going to be like a lead up or like a prequel essentially to what happens in the Halo games. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm excited for it now that Pablo Schreiber is attached. <laughs> I just, it's always weird when I'm on the outside of a nerdy conversation. <laughs> it doesn't happen a lot. So I'm just like, yes, that program. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, well, we have been watching, or we just finished watching the first season of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, out of this new Star Trek um, TV series on CBS All Access, they've got spinoff shows that we've been talking about. Well, other than the Philippa or Giorgio Philippa show, they also have the Jean Luc Picard spinoff show that they're going to be having, and we got some casting news for that. So, Alison Pill, one of my favorite actresses, she was in the Newsroom and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Um, she's going to be joining along with Harry Treadaway, which I never remember which one he is. He, he's got a twin brother who's also an actor, and one of them was in uh, uh, what's that one? Uh, Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful. Yeah. So he played Doctor Frankenstein. I just don't remember which one. Oh yeah, he looks familiar. And uh, they're also he, one of them's in uh, Mister Mercedes uh, on mm. Audience. And then there's Issa Briones, which I have no idea what she's from. Uh, she looks like a cross between Macy Williams and Dakota Johnson. Okay. Yeah, I guess I what? can't see to that. That's a, I can't see this face. That sounds like a combination visually. <laughs> Apparently she was in American Crime Story Versace this uh, past year. Oh, that Netflix thing. No, I think that was FX. No? There was another Versace series that was all uh, Netflix, wasn't was it? it? Oh, I don't know. I think you're right. Maybe, maybe it's one of those ones that just went up to public rights or whatever. It's all based on the same book, and you know, maybe everyone makes an adaptation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, there's a uh, those those are three actors that are going to be a part of that show. Does that make you any more or any less interested in this show, Stephen? I, I got nothing. Nothing, John. Yeah, I mean, it, that seems weird to me that you're going to have John Luke Picard and then all these young people so i assume that's he's gonna be a teacher yeah like, he's gonna be i was, a I was thinking that teacher or something like that yeah he's he's, he's retired and now he's teaching part-time like i don't know civics or something you know he was so much into children when he was on the enterprise <laughs> <laughs> no I, I don't know i like i really have no idea what they're gonna do i think the idea of keeping this character who's an intellectual character in a situation where he gets to bring that kind of conversation in contrast with what discovery was uh, would be nice, but I don't. I don't know if they can have him be a teacher the whole time. Like maybe he starts off as a teacher and then shit hits the fan. Maybe, but like I, I also I think I mean <laughs> Treadway and and Allison Peel are not like college aged people anymore. They're 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 up there, so they can't really be playing 
uh, cadets at Starfleet. Well, Allison Pills in her late twenties, also isn't she? She's got to be in her early thirties now. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim was almost ten years ago. This many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I I think it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Whatever it is. Uh, um, Patrick Stewart going back to Jean-Luc Picard I, I already think is an interesting thing not that I was a uh, obviously not a huge fan of Next Generation um, what? not that I didn't like it I just didn't watch it it's just interesting that he's going back to that character you know a lot of us people that are fans of that show tend to forget that there were some crap episodes <laughs> I mean oh, there's, there's some awful episodes yeah. it's what eight seasons long you're gonna have bad episodes yeah well I mean like the first couple of seasons are kind of bad and then it <laughs> starts to get I good <laughs> I, I skipped the first couple for sure I don't know why okay still talking about Star Trek tangentially uh, Michelle Yeoh who does have that Georgia Philippa show coming out she's also been cast in the Avatar sequels, so even though like you know those have been wrapping up, I believe they've gone yeah. ahead and cast her to, to to be in the movies now. Um, I don't think that we know yet what her role is going to be, but it's interesting to see her get kind of a resurgence in career between Discovery, yeah. Crazy Rich Asians, now Avatar. It's I mean it's great because I love her. She's a great actress, so. Uh, I hope she plays a kung like a kung fu navi. She, no, well, she's she's not playing a navi. I know she's playing a scientist. Ah. She's playing a human scientist. So, uh, I guess the re- re- replacing Sigourney Weaver's character. <coughs> I heard she's coming this back to the though. game, though. Yeah, but you know she died in the first one, so it might just be like in videotapes or something, or videotapes, video files. Yeah. I was thinking something like some something reels. having to do with the computer thing. Yeah, something that they, that they interfaced with, where they didn't have to be like on set for everything. Exactly. So, oh. yeah, this late in the game seems like it would be not a great thing for her, uh, whatever character she's making. But I don't know. That's it's very interesting. I'm definitely curious though. Yeah. Like I, I I don't know. I think the Avatar movies definitely like lost my interest real hard, but. I'll be curious to see how they net out at the end of the day. Were you a big fan of the Avatar movie? No, I honestly like for the most part, like I liked it when I watched it, and then afterwards when I left the theater, I was like, "That was a movie I watched." <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't carry it with me or anything, but yeah. I didn't actively dislike it either. So there must have been something. And John, I really liked it. Um, I thought the story was super derivative, but otherwise, yeah. I thought it was like a fun ride. It was like going to an amusement park for me. Which they didn't turn it into an amusement park ride. Oh, yeah. um, True. You know, yeah, yeah, the story is very uh, not original. It's very. Dances uh, with Wolves. Dances with Wolves, yeah. Last Samurai, you know, all mm-hmm. those things. But I was really awed by the picture. Like, just what I was seeing on the screen, I thought was amazing. Even in the terrible movie theaters that we have in Yuma, Arizona, like, it still <laughs> looked great, I thought. So. No. You, you didn't like it in, in our IMAX? We don't no. have an IMAX. No, we have no, an IMAX. Yeah. Are, you, are you sure? I, I'm almost positive. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, even you know what? I Did, even think that was before we even got like the pure digital versions of theaters when that movie came out in Yuma. No, like, we've had digital since uh, Attack of the Clones. No, because I went. Well, at least it wasn't the like a full digital. Because when I was doing my critique show on the local news station the harkins guy actually pulled me over to be like hey uh we're getting new projectors that are like full digital so you can see where it doesn't have the film jump and stuff like that so 
Like he pulled oh, right. me in to just point that out, and I and Avatar was the first movie that I reviewed. Oh, so. well, we definitely didn't see a digital version of Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I don't know what Main Street has or not, doesn't have, so that's the thing. They, they, they got nice stuff now. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Either way, um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I think the I think it is weird that you're doing an Avatar movie so far away since the the original or the first one because I don't know if people are still interested in that that property. But I think the the only thing that I think um, makes it sound better is that it already has a name. Digimon uh, sounds like it could be a bad thing too, but now everything is IP. That's no one true. goes to a movie that's just called like Bridgewater. You know, like, like it, it has to have a name that people recognize for well, something. Brightburn sounds really intriguing. Yeah, to but me. see, that's building off of an IP that's not their own. That's building off <laughs> yeah. Superman. Like, you're literally going, hey, you know how you like Superman? Well, what if he was bad guy? Uh, well, yeah. there's this new one called Child's Play coming out that sounds really interesting. Yeah, not new. <laughs> but then IP's not also doing well. Look, look at Pet Cemetery and Hellboy. Both of them bombed at the bo- at the box office. So yeah, those true. are just bad movies. But they they probably still got more money than a movie called Bridgewater. You know what I mean? I want to <laughs> like, see Bridgewater now. You even told me anything about it, and all I know is the title, and I want to see it. Like I don't, I don't know. I just think it's it's hard. Like having a movie like like say like Fight Club or something that mm-hmm. would just come out with that kind of title. Mm-hmm. Like. Eh. It had stars that we know now, right? And everything, but before, I mean, imagine if you'd been like, yeah, it's like Jared Leto and a few other people. Like, they, they just wouldn't have had as recognizable names. What, what was the what was the one with um, Russell Crowe that happened last year that everyone loved, but it's not, it doesn't have a good name. It's the, called like what the Good Guys. The Good Guys, yeah, that was a couple years ago. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Dude, that one was great. <laughs> it was a great movie. It's just didn't do great in theaters. It did not. It's it's well that you know I also say that suffers from Shane Black because Shane Black thinks he's hilarious and yeah. he thinks that he's hilarious and <laughs> if maybe other people don't quite get it he still hits you over the head with the joke and then you're just kind of like ah that's fair but it's, it's it's straight up John's sense of humor so <laughs> he likes those <laughs> movies uh, all right so you know that Suicide Squad that James Gunn's making. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's making a suicide. Squad. He's making the Suicide Squad. It's it's, <laughs> it's it's not a direct sequel to the other one. It's a soft reboot, as we've been been told. But it is going to have. Um, so John Cena is being brought in to J- uh, James Gunn's um, Suicide Squad to uh, to fill out a role that is more than likely. The original role that was going to go to Dave Bautista because Dave Bautista has now dropped out of t- negotiations to be in the movie. Uh, they're saying because of time constraints, but I don't know. I think Disney's putting the clamp on him. Do you think Disney really put the clamp on him yeah. after everything that he said yeah. after James Gunn? Yeah. Okay. It's trying to hurt him now. I don't think so because I don't think he's really got anything. I mean, they got Guardians of the Galaxy 3 to do, but that's about it. I think Bautista could do whatever he wanted in that like he doesn't give a shit. He so really even, even if he was like, I'll never be in a movie again because Disney blackballed me, like he, he wouldn't care. Yeah. I mean, he just, he went, what, he was at WrestleMania. He, he wrestled again for the first time in a long time for the WWE. He tripped when he went into the ring. That was interesting. Did he? I didn't hear about yeah. that. <laughs> he, he tripped over the ropes. <laughs> it was interesting. Do you think it's it was not like a bicycle? Oh, no. Not, not exactly. No. 
Uh, so you think that was on purpose, or do you think that was uh, unscripted? No, I think that I think that was very accidental. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Then he, he proceeded to like walk around, like she, like flashing off for the crowd, like yeah, yeah, and he got back in the ropes again, like no, see, I can do it, right? <laughs> um. So I think that he could either be playing King Shark or peacemaker and the peacemaker one is very interesting i know nothing about that character other like other than the description online says he is a person that's so much about peace that he will go to extremes of killing people to keep the peace kind of thing i like that idea for john cena because john cena is like you know the boy scout yeah so i was hoping for bane no, I don't know. If, I don't think he's gonna be doing Bane. Oh. Especially, I mean, I could understand Batista doing it because he's got that ambiguity that he could do some type of Hispanic Latino person. But yeah. John Cena is very white. Oh, he wouldn't have like a weird foppish British accent and yeah. sound like he's talking out of a cup. No, no. Hmm. <laughs> People of Gotham. <laughs> uh, so okay, uh, going along with that, kind of. No, going on to over to Disney Plus. So um, Disney adjacent, yeah, sure. Um, The Mandalorian. They they announced that it was the first the that it was going to be available on Disney Plus the day of launch. But guess what? That's only going to be the first episode. It's not going to be a bingeable show until it all comes out. I think they're going to sparse it out one one at a time, which makes sense for a brand new uh streaming platform they don't want to give away everything all at once because then people are just going to do that free trial and then not not come back so you have to be there for at least 10 weeks to uh watch all 10 episodes if it's 10 episodes see but i prefer when they give you all the goods the on on the first try and then that's it yeah see that's not a good business model though (laughs) no (laughs) it's all on the return I guess. Yeah, well, I, I already decided I was going to get the subscription anyway, so I guess I'll just have to continue watching at a weekly pace like a peasant. Well, I mean, it's it's not going to be worse. It's not going to be too bad for you. It's only 6.99 for a month. That's a yeah. pretty good price. I'll probably pay the year. What was that? It's taxed up at this point though. It's taxed up. Like it's stack it stacks up. Oh, stacks up. No, no, you're experience. you're absolutely right. It does stack up. Um, like it's weird. We're buying our way back into cable again. Oh, we we ought, oh we yeah, honestly are. It's just changing to uh, internet now. I, yeah, I, I think they have to take into they have to take into account that people are going to be sharing um, memberships. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you have Netflix where it says you can have up to so many people on your your account or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's it, they have to account for that. So if you know a normal uh, cable bill is around a hundred bucks. Uh, then you get four people and everybody's paying 25 bucks. That's, that's a few different streaming apps I think you can get. I suppose. I think the, the only thing that's odd about it for streaming services, let's talk about the Mandalorian. I could talk about these things forever. Okay. And- <laughs> <laughs> the Mandalorian. Uh, are you excited for the show? The both of you? I know John is. Yeah. John is guaranteed to be. Oh yeah. <laughs> the more I hear about it, the more interested I get, and I'm like, "Yes, give it to me now." When this is coming out, October, November, November twelfth. Ah, uh, well, it'll be a delayed birthday present. <laughs> uh, for for me, for the Mandalorian, it's it's Star Wars. It's Star cool. Wars, <laughs> but it's Star Wars without like all the other superfluous crap that kind of 
bogged down the prequels and to some degree the the newer movies. Um, you think a TV show where they have more time to to like really drill into each individual topic is going to have less superfluous stuff? It's going to be more focused, I think, because one of what? the problems. Yes, I think one of the problems with the prequels, for starters, that the original movies didn't have is that you only had like one, maybe two Jedi at a time, you know, at the same time. With the prequels, they're everywhere, and that really demystified and ruined a lot of the mythology. Because now they're just, like, basically as common as police. And, like, as overpowered as, like, even the most, like, strong, like, you know, Shaolin monk. That's but that, but that, was try- that was trying to drill home the idea of that Jedi, Jedi are gone, and that's why Luke and those guys were special. Before, yes. they were everywhere. Yes, and that's, why I, that's one of the things that made the original more special as well like the, but but then but then you got to remember george lucas wanted everyone to have lightsabers in the star wars yes and, <laughs> and and i'll be the first person to tell you that i think george lucas gets way too much credit for yeah. star wars that it was a lot of other more talented people that shaped it into what people eventually ended up loving and then the prequels show us what we get when nobody is there to tell lucas no and yeah. that's why it's a shit show. So where does The Mandalorian take place again? I know I always forget. I believe it's about six years after the events of Return of the Jedi. Okay. That's so, where it starts. So which this is the first time we're going to see something in that era of Star Wars, right? In canon, yes. In in the new canon, yeah. yeah. Um, are we going to... Is it going to be like how Rogue One and the the prequels are in like, hey... We're going to see little snippets of things that we know are going to be coming. Like, is there going to be uh, allusions to stuff that's going to be happening in episode seven, eight, and nine? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be, there'll, there'll be little details here and there. Like, we'll see the makings of, uh, you know, maybe how the First Order starts to form. Because uh, it takes them several years to get to that point in um, The Force Awakens. And plus, The Mandalorian will come out before uh, episode nine does. <laughs> When is episode yeah. nine coming out? Sometime in December. December. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's said uh, this Christmas. Yeah. Which oh, cracked right. me up in that trailer because that's the classic thing for all trailers when we were kids. This Christmas. That's right. Kevin McAllister doesn't know what he's gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> he's gotten lost or he's gotten left at home again, but this time in <laughs> New York. And then yeah. a few insane in the membrane. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't. I'm curious to see how the show nets out, um, but I don't think I'm going to like flock to it immediately. I think, honestly, the only thing that's really got me interested in this is Pedro Pascal. Like, I just think that he's a great actor. So that and I guess John Favreau. I, I really like him as, an, as a director. Is he not so. even going to yeah. mention uh, Gina Carano? I mean, I love Gina Carano. I've like, seen a couple looks, of pictures of her. Awesome in there. She looks awesome. Does yeah, she? she I, looks, I don't think I've seen any pictures of her. She looks pretty yet. cool. She's got some armor on and looks like, hmm, yeah. He stay away. <laughs> That's my dream ex-wife. Uh, so also talking about Star Wars, uh, president of Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy, was on the red carpet and they ended up talking to MTV News. She said that they are making something, a movie, that has to, be do, that has to do with the Knights of the Old Republic, but she didn't specify on what, who, Who's creating it? What's it going to be a part of? Maybe it's Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Maybe it's Benioff and Weiss's trilogy. I've heard that it's the. This is what the Benioff and Weiss is going to lead into. 
So that's that's interesting. Uh, most definitely. I'm more excited about that than anything currently being worked on for the uh, Skywalker saga or the Ryan Johnson trilogy, if that's even still happening. Which, by the way, kind of a side note. Recently, it's come out that there was no plan for this trilogy, starting with uh, The Force Awakens. Like, J.J. Abrams and all of his bullshit... Uh, mystery box thing which i've already said time and time again i hate so much that this is supposed to be a legitimate form of entertainment um with you know no payoff most of the time that he made just a very minor outline of where the he thought the sequels would go and that's when he laid a lot of little seeds in the in the force awakens and ryan johnson was giving complete carte blanche to just do whatever he wanted and he was like, okay, well, I'm going to change this and this and this and throw this out. And that's why it felt like such a just jointed sequel because it literally was throwing out everything. And now, I mean, literally in the trailer, we see the the lightsaber has been rebuilt. Um, Kylo is reforging the helmet. I wouldn't be surprised if there's another scene where they're sewing Snoke back together. And like Abrams is essentially just saying i'm here to put it back together after ryan johnson broke it yeah but, but see the, that, that's one way to look at it yeah. that's, but that's that's that still seems like the same thing you could say about the original trilogy for star wars with you saying that they filmed a movie they cut the whole thing apart and put it back together to make it something else mm. and it was good star wars fans got to make up their minds whether they like that shit or not that's very well, true <laughs> <laughs> well that, i mean that's it, that's also unfair because it, it, you always have the internet saying Fans don't like this. And it's like, well, one set of fans don't like this, whereas the other set of fans do like this. And then you get yeah. the other side where one set of fans do like this and the other fan set of fans don't like this. It's like, we're this not all the, the same. This the most divisive Star Wars movie by far. Yeah, yeah that's true. But um, look, I honestly think that J.J. was under the impression that he was going to be doing all three movies because he literally doesn't have other things working. He doesn't have, he doesn't have other movies in the works like of the time that would have been these three movies. He thought it was going to be his trilogy. Then they came back and said, we're going to let um, Ryan Johnson do episode eight. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. And then they were like, right, and then we want Colin Trevorrow to do episode nine. And then Colin Trevorrow kind of stepped on his own dick and <laughs> that didn't happen. So they're like, hey, JJ, people really didn't like Ryan's movie. Could you possibly come back? He's like, yeah, you know what? Funny thing. I have a story that I was going to be doing. So yeah, I, I can definitely come back. What? I, I mean, just, okay. No, that's it. That's all I was going to say. I just, I just think it's odd. I mean, people, Star Wars is a thing that's supposed to be this like cultural, like, like Goliath behemoth that people love or just don't care about, you know? But at the end of the day, there's still things in Star Wars where they couldn't, like in the beginning, they planned for Luke and Leia to not be siblings. Correct. And then they became siblings. You that guys got lucky and you watched movies that you saw when you were younger and they're so precious to you guys because you liked them so much back in the day. Yeah, like Buckaroo Bongo. New things happen and you didn't watch them when you were eight and then for the next 20 years of your life as that one thing. I think it's like people have to go into a thing with new eyes each time but they can't compare them to a thing they've been watching for 20 years. That makes sense. No, as That's I've where said, I'm at with that now. I've, I've said, I've been very vocal in saying that a lot of the quote unquote creative choices that Lucas took were the wrong choices. In some cases, other people were able to uh, edit them out or change them enough. 
or in some cases they take an idea of having like a final battle take place on the Wookiee homeworld and Lucas says no I want him yep. to be cute cuddly little teddy bears instead and he wins yeah. out on that one and I thought that was a mistake no it should have been the Wookiee homeworld it should have had more stakes Han Solo should have died in Return you, of the you Jedi don't, you, don't want, you, you didn't want you don't want those little dudes you wanted to go to Kashyyyk for that yes well I mean do you, you, you see how it makes sense though to for see George Day. Lucas though George Lucas <laughs> has the rights to the to the toys at that point so, yes so he what are acting, little kids gonna buy he was are they going to buy the big Chewbacca toy or are well, they going to buy the little Ewok toys that I, are the same size as them? I get that as a businessman, he wants to sell toys. That's what it became for him. That's what he how he ran his business. Yeah, but you know who those kids that bought those Ewok toys became? They became the adults that went and saw the prequels. Like, they're the ones... made the prequels. Yeah, and they, or, or made the prequels. I mean, these are... To me, these movies are supposed to be made for kids. They're not supposed to be made for adults. But they can still be good stories. Sure. Yeah, I, I was gonna say Shrek is still made for kids, but Shrek is also works for adults. Like the, it's a, you can Same have a two pronged. Oh no, no, you're you're absolutely right. You know what? The Secret of Nim was made for kids. Kids should not watch that movie. <laughs> that movie is traumatic. The same with Watership Down. A like, lot, those... a lot of movies are traumatic for kids, <laughs> but they don't know better. We talked about this with Shazam. Like you don't, they don't know that they're supposed to be traumatized by what you see in Shazam. They just see a, a superhero. Yeah, but that, that's, that's what I think for Star Wars in general, though. So everyone watches the thing when they're a kid, and they watch it with these eyes. Where when when you watch something when you're younger, or takes take advantage of like, or you, like I guess you take for granted the fact that when you're younger, you watch something, and even if something doesn't make sense, you make it make sense in your mind. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's where Star Wars was for so very long, and now it's like. But wait, the logical fallacies that are presented in this last film, and it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> but this this is an overarching opinion on Star Wars. I I think that there can be good stuff in there. I think there is good stuff. I think there is bad stuff. I just don't like it when people write like a whole dissertation about like SJWs are ruining Star Wars. I, calm down. <laughs> They'll probably say millennials are, moving, are ruining Star Wars too. So yeah, millennial falcons. Yep, that's right. <laughs> All right, so uh, I agree with you now. <laughs> Jumping over to HBO, HBO has confirmed that Westworld season three will not show up until 2020. Uh, we talked about that mo- that show on this show, so I figured it'd be something interesting to to go ahead and put out there. Um, is that because of the wildfires that destroyed most of the sets? You know, I didn't read exactly what it was. I just assumed like the same reason why they made Game of Thrones came out a year and a half later. It's just because they're going to take their time to get the story right. That's true. I mean, they, that's right. Although they have moved beyond the park now, so who knows yeah, where they're going. They have moved beyond the, beyond the park. I want that to be the tagline for the next draft. They will be on the park. Yeah. <laughs> this ain't your daddy's park anymore. Yeah. Think outside the park. Ooh. Can you get the guy who does the the Taco Bell commercials to say it for the tagline? <laughs> With the bell in there, too. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, the Chihuahua? I don't think it's the Chihuahua. <laughs> Which was the guy who was on Reno 911? Yeah, that's him. Yeah. The Chihuahua. Uh, all right. You know, that's all the news that we're going to talk about today because we want to get to game. Okay. Th- oh, did you ask something? No, no, everyone out there, go look up the details for the PlayStation 5. It's, it's great. It's interesting. Okay. There's a lot out there. They did a whole <laughs> breakdown with, uh, I, th- I think it was like Tech Radar and Gadget or someone like that. It's cool stuff. Ooh. Yeah. And then this this week's video game, go play Katana Zero. Very Ooh, good. Katana Zero. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't know anything about that. And Cuphead's coming to Switch. 
Indeed. <laughs> it's, like, it's like we could have a whole segment on that uh, that video <laughs> game stuff. Hmm. I just moved here. Okay. <laughs> uh, John, we're going to bring back a little bit of something. We're going to talk about lineages. So what's uh, a character that most casual viewers of Game of Thrones doesn't know a lot about that you can fill us in on? Well, pretty much anybody won't know anything about this character because it looks like he was just written for this one episode. But, uh, so we're going to be talking about episode one of season eight Winterfell. of Game of Thrones. Yeah, Winterfell. And we're introduced to a new character called Ned Umber. Uh, so this character, he's a child. He looks like he's maybe 12 11 yeah most and um yeah so he's the lord of house uh of uh umber umber which is set set <laughs> in uh last hearth so if you saw the uh if you paid attention to the uh the new intro credits they're a little bit different now they were very good yes they were they're taking into account that the wall is now down and we saw only three locations and interestingly they dove into those locations like literally um, the very first one that we see right past the wall is Last Hearth. This is essentially the last uh, kingdom, the last castle, the last vestige of civilization before you get to the wall. And then there's a mm -hmm. whole lot of nothing. And, uh, well, of course, this is where the Umbers are based on. Umbers for like a brief little history. If you remember from all the way back in season one, uh, the season finale... We have all of the Lords of the North uh, convening with Rob Stark after Ned Stark was beheaded. Spoilers. If, if you're listening to this now and you haven't seen the show up to this point, what are you doing? Like, well, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, some people just don't want to bother with the show. They just want to recap, I guess. Well, then you can come here. Yes, this is true. <laughs> then you're out at the right place. All right, welcome <laughs> aboard. So, uh, the great John Umber. If you remember from that final episode of season one, is the big dude that's all like, hey, like, why should, you know, Rob be the king in the north? You know, like we, you know, we follow Ned Stark or whatever. And so he like menacingly reaches for his sword and then Grey Wolf comes over, bites his hand and like rips a finger off. The Great John is such a badass that he laughs it off and says, hey, I like the cut of this guy. So Grey Wolf is... That was uh, Rob Stark's direwolf. Direwolf. That's yeah. what I thought. I, did, did, just, I was just hoping it wasn't just some dude that they called Grey Wolf. <laughs> they call this dude the Grey Wolf. <laughs> Grey Wolf Ramirez. Name. Yeah, really? Right, right? Yeah. Um, is it Grey Wolf? No, it's Grey Wind, not Grey Wolf. Um, oh, that makes more sense. Yes, Grey <laughs> Wind. Um, I was thinking Wolf for some reason. Well, he's a direwolf. That's right. That's <laughs> fair. He's Grey Wolf the Dire Wind. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, so that dude, uh, the last time we hear of him in the books, in the show, that was pretty much his last appearance. I think it's because there was some dispute with the actor. Uh, but in the books, the last time we know about the Great John being alive was during the Red Wedding. He got super drunk, and even though he was super drunk, still managed to kill a bunch of Freys before he was taken prisoner. As right. of right now, book five, we assume he's still being held prisoner by the, uh, the Freys. Even um, though the main fray is dead that hasn't happened in the books yet oh okay <laughs> yeah book five is like several seasons behind us right now <laughs> um so yeah that's the last we hear of of there now in the show this is the first time we hear of ned umber who we assume is named after ned stark because all the, the you know lords of the north like really really love the starks 
And yeah. um yeah, so that's a nice little reference. So except for the Comstarks, as we learned in the episode. They, oh yeah, the Comstarks they didn't, they didn't do like, shots. They didn't like the the Starks, but they put their stuff aside so that they could fight against the North? They're no. Well, they teamed up with um to fight against the, the Boltons. Oh. Yeah, most of them I think were wiped out. Okay, then never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I think most of them were dealt with uh, when uh, they took care of Ramsey. Uh, in any case, so uh, I like the, what they did here because with very little history necessary, you understand who this character is supposed to be, where he fits in the lineage, uh, what his place is. And they request for him, the Lady of Winterfell, Sansa Stark, is like, hey, what do you guys need so that we can get more men down here? And he's like, well, we need wagons and some food because we're all just kind of holed up there and the winter's come, so we're running a little low. And she was like, all right. Horses. What was that? Horses. Yes, yeah. horses. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're starting to run low, and so he takes off. Now, this kind of goes back to now they request for um, – Castle Black to essentially be emptied out and for everyone to come to Winterfell because at this point with the wall down, there's no point in having the Watchers on the wall anymore. Right. Bring them back to the where the main army is so yes. that they, everybody can fight together. So they're going to make their last stand there. Now, they send the Brotherhood Without Banners and uh, because they were stationed at East Watch by the Sea. That's the one where we see at the end of last season the, where the wall was torn down. Right. Uh, so those guys basically, you know, left the castle, and Castle Black also left, and they all convened at Last Hearth. Well, turns out that the Night King got there first. Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, a really nice scene there with those guys. We'll get more into it in the episode, but, you know, you see wildlings and the the Watchers on the wall meet each other as friends. And we see the next appearance of Ned Umber, who is now pinned to a wall, surrounded by a spiral of limbs. So, do we, do we want to talk about that now, or do we want to talk about that in the, when we talk more about the episode? I guess we can get more into that in the episode itself, dealing with uh, what that means the and symbol, everything else. The symbolism. But essentially, that's the end of House Umber, because as far as we know in the show, uh, the great John Umber was probably killed at the Red Wedding. It's never been specifically stated, but he's never been mentioned again. And this, as far as we know, as the acting lord of the last hearth is now the uh, no longer the uh, owner so, so he ended up as a uh, white walker or white <laughs> yeah so i thought it was interesting is that uh you know the introduction of him is uh house umber what do you say and then you know you expect you, amongst all these giant men a child a, a little boy steps forward and it's it's very reminiscent of um uh liana mormont right also named after a stark yeah, yeah. Just to, to come out and be like, hey, uh, this is what we need. But everybody in the world, like internet that's watched uh, Game of Thrones, really fell in love with Liana Mormont. Like just being like, she's a little badass. Yeah. yeah. But uh, this kid was the opposite. This, of this that. Is the, he was very meek, and which is fine. Yeah. He's a kid. He should be. It's just, yeah, it didn't come off the same. And it, it makes sense because he doesn't exist for that world that much longer. Yeah, yeah it's so just, he's done. Just to show us that, uh, hey, if you're not made of stone, that you're not going to make it through the night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he was essentially a red shirt. He's introduced in the episode, taken out in the episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, thanks for that. I mean, we get into the the episode. That's that's the houses of the north all meeting into in in Winterfell to uh, bring about 
the the or I should be saying welcoming, welcoming uh, Daenerys and John and uh, her armies. So we have the new king of the north, Jon Snow. Uh, well, no longer, but no longer. Well, he comes into town as king of the north, but you know he's he has to explain to everybody. Nope, I gave up my crown to bend the knee for Daenerys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the North is none too happy about that, particularly this, Sansa. This is my relative. I mean, Queen. I mean, uh, oh, they, he doesn't know that yet. <laughs> That's about to become a rude awakening. Maybe he always knew it. Ooh, Ooh. It, is <laughs> it is hard. I feel like Drogon knew it. That's how he is looking at her, like, dude. <laughs> he's like, yeah, because that's why he's looking at him. He's like, you guys know your nephew and aunt, right? <laughs> I think I wondered for that is if that was supposed to be something where he's like, uh, like it's almost like pack mentality kind of thing, where there's like an alpha, you know, and if they see the alpha get like uh, quote unquote dominated by someone else, then the other person is technically the alpha. Right. You know? That was, that was my my like wondering. Is that how that you felt about it? Like that I mean, that's my question. I don't know if that's really a thing because obviously Daenerys like has like. A much deeper connection yeah she does she does but like they they definitely play it up as like there's a just a blood connection to dragons inside of targaryens it's yeah. almost like specific to targaryens yeah they yeah. were the only ones that could um like tame dragons yeah <clears throat> and so, it was very bold of daenerys to just be like yeah get on i'm like i was i one thing that really shocked me about that whole sequence, besides the length of and the uselessness of that whole flying around that they did, is it was the pod racing of this episode. It was yes, pod racing. Well, no, then that would mean it would be the best part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I would have paid admission just for that, and everything else would have been filler. This was the filler. I mean, it it, it did it dragged on for so long and. All I could think of is, is Bran being like, we don't got time for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm surprised they didn't turn around and see him sitting there. Like, <laughs> I'm sure he was he was there it. somewhere just watching. That's probably why Drogon was staring. That's like, right. He was on, working. Dudes. Was he, could, could he warg into, a, into the dragon? I mean, I don't see why not. Yeah. I mean, he can warg into uh, ravens and wolves. Uh, what's a dragon? Sipped another beast. Yeah, true. Very true. He could warg into people. He can. Yeah, so... <laughs> now, so as I was stating, I really feel like they blew their chance to make this something special because this was just kind of like, hey, get on. If like you die, then I guess I'm going to miss you. You know, like Daenerys just being like really like, cavalier about it. And I was like, no, they should have saved the dragon riding moment for like a climactic sequence where he had to jump on to yeah. save somebody or something like that. It was like, like he had a 50, 50 chance of being roasted or this working and <sighs> it happened to work. But it was like in a moment of like triumph and here it was just kind of like oh let's have a goofy little like fun rom-coms like scene play out that yeah, it was weird. it felt like the scene from titan eight either it's my time <laughs> <laughs> with those wet over oh yes yeah, it, it, <laughs> it uh it it also reminded me of like how to train your dragon when the first yeah, time yeah. he puts his hand out to like touch much, it yeah. yeah um oh what was i gonna say um yeah, it, it's it it took a little too long. It it I mean it takes it takes you to that part. I mean, you understand that they wanted to get away from everybody because they didn't want everybody to know what it is they're doing with each other. Um, but obviously Sansa knew. Sansa's like, well, did you did you sleep with her too? Was it, it was Sansa, right? That said it. 
Yeah, she, yeah. She's like, did you did you bend the knee for like to save the North or for love? Uh, so that was a much nicer way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> she does it for love, doesn't was she? Like he did it all for the nookie. Did you? I don't think that's what it is. Like the episode. <laughs> <but> yes. <laughs> um, why do you, do you, does the Sansa have a right to feel so betrayed by no. John's John's uh, actions here? Kind I of. Think I so. think she's just used to being betrayed, and now she doesn't trust anyone. I mean, and it, she sees that is fair enough. as a threat. Yeah, she, that is fair I, enough. They definitely illustrate her change in her views on people with just her interaction with Tyrion. Because mm-hmm. she, she's like, I thought you were the cleverest man alive when I first met you, you know? Um, and now she, like, essentially what they established with that is, like, I've seen so much of the world and so much of life that, like, I'm not easily impressed anymore. Like, I'm not, like, I'm here doing what I think is best. And they doubled down on that by saying, uh, by having San, or, uh, Arya say that she's the smartest person she's ever met. Okay, well, I have two problems with that because I feel like, um, the only reason why she says I used to think that you were the smartest or the cleverest person around is because he's siding with Daenerys. Like, if it wasn't that for for that reason, she would still not, or she would still think of him as being clever. And that's only because she doesn't like Daenerys. Now, whether or not that's valid that she shouldn't like Daenerys is another story. Um, and then when Arya comes up and says to John, like, "No, Sansa's the smartest person here." It's like, yeah. I don't know if that's true. She has I survived agree. a lot. Yes, I will give you that. But most of that is because of other people helping her, not yeah. because she's gotten through it on her own. And I'm not saying that, you know, as a female character, she's terrible. I'm just saying that's the way they've written her so far. Um, yeah. Now, with uh, Arya, maybe she's sticking up for her because it's her sister, even though the two of them never really got along. And John even points that out. I was like, oh, Oh, you guys are friends now. Last time I yeah, saw you, you guys hated each other. It's like, well, that yeah, was a long time I watched, ago. I watched the first episode like right before having seen this one. Like I watched it maybe like four days prior. Yeah. Um, and uh, in that episode, remember like the their main exchange in there is the part where she like, gets her with the food in the face. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, yeah. You know. So it's like it's a pretty it's a stark contrast. Yes. Oh, I I see what you did there. <laughs> Steven's the cleverest person I know. It points God. deducted. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I definitely agree with uh, some of the things. Like we've talked about this before, this podcast and everything. And the scuttlebutt on the internet was all saying that this is like some rehashing of the first episode, mm-hmm. which to a certain degree I think is very valid. But also, I think this is also just like reestablishing the stakes and like resetting the board with the literal board that they show in the beginning of this episode. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're they're like these are these are new pieces. The map that we knew before is gone. This is what's left. Yeah. Armies are being positioned. Um, all the players are showing up. Um, there was this episode of reunions, which is <clears> interesting. <throat> you have a lot of in a way, yeah. It does mirror the very first episode because you have you know the the kingdom and the armies from the south going north. Um, a lot of characters who have not seen each other since are essentially being reunited. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like, not to spoil the ending of the episode this early, but I mean, that was a great, uh, you know, two people making eye contact and so yeah. much <laughs> going on in between that. All right, let, let, let's talk about some of the re- reunions. We saw uh, Arya and John Stone, John Snow. They they meet up again for the first time. He he talks to her about Needle, you yeah. know, yeah, uh, and, and the fact that she has a Valyrian dagger. Yeah. Um, like the part 
she said she says the like he has like have you used it and she's like once or twice yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he he has absolutely no idea like what Arya has had had to go through in her life up to this point now well he got a little bit of a hint with the fact that she snuck up right up to him yeah that's true yeah, like she exactly. he, she she could have killed him in that yeah. instant um they didn't even talk about what he said no he's like how did you throw a dagger through the heart and he's like i didn't it's like <laughs> you just fucking after that um we saw Arya and gendry meeting up again for the first time and the hound and the hound. Well, I was gonna that get was to that. That was a trifecta. Yeah, uh, the hound very much in his, you know, uh, tough love dad kind of point. He's like, oh, you, <laughs> you left me, or you was it? You left me to die or something yeah, like that. And she's like, and I also die. stole your money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have, uh, and then Gendry. Any idea of what it was that she asked him to make for him? There's a theory going around that yeah. this is a hand cannon. A yep. hand cannon. Yes. Oh, okay. So, like, prior to a blunderbuss or uh, something like that, like a musket, um, this is, like, a handheld, basically, little boomstick. So, it's going to be... Actually, there's actually, like, text on the thing, apparently. Yeah, it's very hard to make out. I didn't look too far into it, but, yeah, it definitely looks like a schematic for something that shoots a projectile of, like, uh, uh, what is it, dragon glass? Oh, mm. okay. So, it's basically, like, it, it's a hollow rod or tube that you probably put some gunpowder in. Uh, light the fuse on the back end, put a sharp you know, little piece of uh, uh, dragon glass in there, obsidian, and uh, boom, shoot it with it. See, and they made one million arrowheads out of the dragon glass in this episode. So one million? No, no. I mean, they probably made like oh. I don't know, whatever hundred or something, because they also made that axe and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. But they just, they, they were just like, we need to make all of these into arrowheads, and they were just like <laughs> turning them out. <laughs> um. You know, when I first saw it, I, I mean, I only saw it for a glimpse and I didn't really look into it, but I thought it was like some kind of p- punching dagger because um, it definitely looked like something that was going to go on a, on an arm. But I, I, I guess a, a little Ooh. mini cannon would be pretty cool. She's going to become the first Assassin's Creed. <laughs> a hidden blade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely liked their interaction with all three of them, though, because they represent different periods. Like all of, all of Arya's life was represented in this. With different people that she's had to like rely on or have be special to her throughout her life, except for Brienne, we ha- we haven't seen her yeah. reunite with Brienne yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she I, just, did. I really like. Well, that was last season. Last but season, yeah. But I'm I'm talking about like in the grander sense. Ah, oh, I see. So, um, Sansa with Jon Snow, we talked about that where she's upset with him for doing what he did. Uh, we didn't see. Let's see, Tyrion didn't meet up. Well, he met up with uh, with with Bran. No, who did Tyrion he, talk to? He spoke with Sansa. He spoke he with Sansa. Yeah, we talked Barrett. about that. And then he was at that one one of the council meetings that they had in the the uh, the Stark Hall. Right, but he didn't have like a reuniting with anybody. Mm, no, not yet. Not yet. Um, uh, who else? Oh, okay. So Daenerys talking to Sam. I hate Sam. I've talked about this many <laughs> times in our podcast. You hate um, Sam. I hate Sam. I hate everything hate about Sam? Sam. I hate when he comes on screen. I want that to be over. And you know what's so funny is like the internet has just changed on him now. Like everybody's like, oh, if you hurt Sam, I'm going to, you know, come after you kind of thing. And it's just like, no, he deserves to die. He needs to go. I don't want him around. But uh, I don't have these feelings against Sam at all. <laughs> I do. I, I, I know I'm, I know I'm, I'm unpopular opinion here, but th- this is me. Um, 
him talking to Daenerys and Daenerys having to tell him about his uh, father and brother being killed by her dragons. And she doing it with such a nonchalant, almost smile on her face, being like, uh... Yeah. Well, it was more like, a, oh, well, this is going to be an awkward conversation. Like, that was more <laughs> yeah. the impression I got. Is that what you got? I yeah. got I got more of a smile. I think you just really don't like Sam. Maybe for some reason. I, I took it as like a conversation where like a person's like, they can't do anything for someone who has some like life ending disease or something. Mm-hmm. And they go like, like deliver them the facts, but they're not going to be around for the like, consolation part of that either. So they're just like. That that's that's the shit, dude. <laughs> you know, and then and then like he's like, "Well, can I leave?" And so he leaves. You know what? That brings up a good question. So, say we get to the end of this, and by a miracle, the Sam takes the Iron Throne. No, by a miracle, the <laughs> you know the our our side beats the the White Walkers and the Whites and the Night King. Um, is there still going to be a need since the Free Folk are part of the Seven Kingdoms now, part of Westeros? You know, is there going to be a need for the Night's Watch? Is there going to be a wall? Is there going to be crows? If no. they defeat the Night's King, then no. Because okay. that's the whole point why they were there in the first place. So then they're all going to be free. Sam will be able to go take himself a wife. And I mean, him and Tilly can... Huh? He asked for a pardon. He did ask for a pardon, but I think that was only for stealing the books. <laughs> I feel like he's going to get a sweeping pardon if he makes it through. Okay. I mean, technically there is no wall anymore, so there is no watchers on the wall. I pretty sure that all the other people that are still um like that are coming to winterfell it's more out of like well i mean there's nothing else to do we either fight for our lives or die cold <laughs> you know there's but i think their the, their vows are all gone now i think it's uh you know without a wall there's no real need for crows that's true that's very true uh okay so other also in that scene was uh sir jura mormont and uh he <laughs> has his little exchange. He's not even in the episode all that much, but he's literally just no. there to introduce uh, Daenerys to Sam to be like, hey, he he cured my grayscale. Um, yeah. He really downplayed it, too. He really did. Yeah, it was like, this is a disease that's like 90% fatal in most cases. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I did it because no one else wanted to. But like, <laughs> apparently, yeah. just HMO just needs to like ease up a little bit. I just I like the way that he said it because like when you look at what it was like you guys said like this is like always fatal kind of thing you know, uh, and in that moment he's just like no he didn't do it because he could or like like he did it and no one else would yeah clever <laughs> like, wordplay in the whole world in that moment I was like yeah maybe maybe talk about it so I wanted to bring up like uh, the idea that if uh, Jorah meets um, John. I, I'm sure he's met him before. I don't remember if he has or not. But if Last he meets, season, yeah. if he meets him right now, he he finds out that John has his dad's sword, and he's also banging the woman that he's infatuated with. Like, well, what, the sword thing they already dealt with last season. That's true. So the the thing about the the woman he's in love with, then yeah, maybe that could be like, well, shit, Jon Snow just has my life, doesn't he? <laughs> How I mean, what what is what does Jorah do at that point? I mean, he could take up a new mantle of Sir Friendzone. <laughs> I I almost feel like he might go join Cersei. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think well, like it's pretty much taken care of for him now, isn't it? Because they just found out they were like related. Does that make a difference though? Because not, not if you're Targaryen. Uh, yeah, the Targaryens are okay with it. Play the ball as it lays. Yeah. Now speaking of Cersei. 
so there's two things about her that are kind of big in this episode. Uh, one, she gets introduced to the Golden Army, mm-hmm. which uh, Euron Greyjoy uh, pretended like he was scared out of his wits last episode when he saw the uh, the white and he took off. Uh-huh. Well, no, he wasn't running away. He was leaving to go get the, the, the gold company. Right. Um, so now they're in uh, Westeros. And uh, so Euron's like, hey, so like... I got you your army. This is how we're going to defeat all of your enemies. How about you give me some loving? And well, she's she's <laughs> upset because there's no elephants. Yes, that's true. <laughs> she's heard this tales of the elephants and there were none. Hey, the that. golden army is like, or Euron was like, hey, bringing elephants on a boat, not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess she's like, like later on, she's like, I don't really want those elephants. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've all been there. We can all relate when you hear the stories of something and it just doesn't really, you know, deliver. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, so after a lot of finagling they actually do get to uh have some sweet love in time. They bang it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Yes. <laughs> uh bang it out, bitch. And um so I guess in the, after like in the afterglow and she states that like cuz Euron wants to know so how do I compare to like the fat king and your brother? <clears throat> and she was like, "Well, you're not boring, I'll give you that." I was like, oh, yeah. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. Um, I guess like after she's in the afterglow, she decides, you know what? This put me in the mood for some killing. And uh, she sends for uh, Kyburn to go speak with Bronn while he's in the brothel. Very rudely interrupting or maybe wisely interrupting because apparently one of them has yeah. the pox. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Within a year. And he's like, wait, which one? You're going to get answered. I'm like, don't worry about it. Uh, and so, like, because she has a sense of poetic justice, she says, I want you to go kill, was it one of her brothers or both? Both. Both brothers with the same crossbow that he used, to, that, that Tyrion, Tyrion used. used to kill her father. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of fans have been speculating about uh, a line from season one after Bronn saves Tyrion the first time. Uh, he says, you know, while I much uh, appreciate your friendship, uh, I'm rather a big fan of living and if uh, you're ever put in a position where it's, you know, me, just remember, I'll always beat the price or something. I'm paraphrasing very badly. Right. But essentially, that's what's being said there. And I'm wondering, it's like, what could Tyrion offer Bronn now? Because Bronn's kind of like got a bit of a chip on his shoulder right now with that he's been promised uh, a, a lady and a castle since like way back in season like two or three. <laughs> And it hasn't happened for him yet. And they keep promising it. They're dangling it in front of him like a carrot. And he's like, mm. when am I going to get my damn castle and my wife? And they're like, well, you do this and you'll never, let's say you'll never have to worry about anything ever again. So what do you suppose he could get from Tyrion to beat whatever Cersei's currently offering? I don't think there's anything that Tyrion has at the moment. Because, he, I mean, he can promise him anything he wants after they win, <laughs> but they'd have to win. So that puts them in a in an interesting situation. I think the the bigger moral thing was supposed to be that we're supposed to get out of that is that uh, it's Tyrion who he does consider a friend, and then it's uh, it's Jamie who he helped train after losing his hand. So like he kind of developed a bond with Jamie too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, will he be able to do it? I say yes because that's just the kind of guy he is. But I think that what we were supposed to get out of that was the moral dilemma. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm for sure he's going to go up to the north, and I'm sure he's going to 
you know, present himself as a friendly face, and he's still going to be contemplating whether or not he's going to do it. I'm really curious how they're going to resolve that. Yeah. And he, and I'm he, super curious. Yeah. I like that she kept the boat, the crossbow, though. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? It's valuable. It, yeah. I don't sure. think I'll, don't get me wrong. A nice crossbow and all that's got some nice like filigree on the side and whatnot. I think but it was Joffrey's like, crossbow. Like, my peppy. Yeah, I think hmm? it was Joffrey's crossbow to begin with. I think it was a gift from. Oh, was it that particular one? Because yeah. it's the one that he made. He had made. He was like, it's it's so cool and stuff like that. Yeah, because it had a lion <clears throat> shape on the. And he on, used on it front. to to kill the. The prostitutes. He killed Roz, yeah. 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 He killed several prostitutes yeah. from right here. So, he, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that, that happened. Um, something else happened. With, oh, so everybody's saying that Cersei <coughs> is pregnant? Yes. Yes. That was being... Uh, well, Tyrion said that at the end of, season, of last season. He says, oh, you're pregnant. And that's why he believes that she's cooper- well, quote-unquote cooperating. Um, and he even tells Sansa, "Was like, oh yeah, she has like, something. Sir, uh, she has something to live for now. Like she's expecting. But is it mm-hmm. so? It's Jamie's kid, presumably. No, well, I thought there was someone else that they said for that one. I thought it's it not Euron, right? Because this is the first time they had sex. This well, yeah. apparently this is the first time they do it, and he doesn't seem to know that she's already pregnant because he says, "I'm going to put one in you" or something like that. Right. I, th- I think that was supposed to be the thing that she walks away thinking about is the fact that she's pregnant you know and she's like it's kind of a clock on when i can have sex and not have someone realize i got <laughs> yeah yeah you know so uh yeah i don't know who who plus it might maybe the fetus the, in the head or something maybe right? it's the mountains <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if wow the <laughs> dead that, mountain that'd be a necrotic baby <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, de- I'm definitely interested. I, I, I don't feel like that's enough of a thing for Cersei to fight for. I feel like that's a miscalculation on Tyrion's part. You don't think so? I mean, she's lost three of her kids already, and that's one of the Still, things that she's always been all about was her kids, being a mother. Yeah, I just don't know. It also I, I, don't know. Her- I, I feel like Tyr- Tyrion is tired. Like he looks exhausted. It's true. He does look even exhausted. his thought processes. Yeah, there. I have a feeling. Maybe I'm just overreaching here, but I have a really weird feeling that uh, Cersei's got at some point she's going to become the Mad Queen if she's not already technically, um, and she's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to join forces with the Night King, and it's going to turn out that she is pregnant, and she's going to deliver a white baby. Ooh, because we've already Ooh. seen President for like a white baby in like season three or four. When we saw that Craster was basically giving his male heirs to uh, the Night King, right. leaving them out in the woods, and right. they would take them and convert them. So I think we're going to get something like that. Hmm. Uh, any th- new theories on who the Night King is, if he's somebody? Uh, supposedly he's a Stark. A lot of people think that, but I mean, at this point, we don't know for sure. Okay. We know that he was the actor that was played by Joe Chill. That's about all I know. Oh, really? <laughs> in the, yeah, well, when they show his origin in the last season... Uh, when the the children of the forest are making oh yeah 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 that's right but that it's not the same actor that plays the the night king now yeah i think it's someone new now so uh the theory is that it well uh based on just conjecture from the books it's one of the starks that became the 13th lord commander of the night's watch and fell in love with essentially like a mystical like ethereal elf lady uh beyond the wall and um basically breaking his vows and hooking up with this girl uh cursed him and he became the night king mm. and um 
that's 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 a whole lot of like mythology and world building that they have but i mean we know and we've seen so much more like 99 percent more about what's going on beyond the wall in the show than we have in the books no. we haven't even seen the night king or been introduced to a character that closely resembles that it's just the books are so behind and <laughs> i mean at this point we may never finish the, the series <laughs> uh, come on our, our martin stop spending on meow wolf get the books done <laughs> Uh, okay, and then, uh, uh, yes, Sam. Sam, after Daenerys tells him that his family is dead, uh, it's okay. His brother went on to be in the Umbrella Academy. It's cool. Um, uh, <laughs> it worked out. It worked out for him. Uh, He's a monkey now. <laughs> uh, Sam goes and tells John, like, it's his big, their big well, meet Well, before that, he goes to Brant. Well, okay, yes. And Bran tells him, Brand's- hey, I'm waiting for a friend. Yes, which by the way, he's like, shouldn't 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 you tell him as as his brother? Yeah, so like, <laughs> like I'm not his brother anymore. That's a that's yeah. a, that's a side note. But Bran spends the whole episode in the courtyard. Did anybody notice yep. that? He's just out he's there. Out time? No, I thought he was somewhere. He was at one point. He was somewhere else, wasn't he? Uh, I think at one point during one of the speeches, he might have. Yeah, he was in the in the that hall? council. Oh, room. the hall. Yeah, when he was telling everybody like the wall's been destroyed, your one of your dragons is now on the enemy side. Blah blah blah. Is but, that really the first she was hearing about that? No, no. She he was saying that to like everyone else, basically. Let everybody else know. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. it's like we're catching everyone up with the expedition bomb there. So yeah, it just kind of seemed a little weird because like even though yeah he was indoors for like a brief moment, it almost feels like the whole episode is made to look like he was just out yeah. there in the snow the just whole time, just waiting until <laughs> Jamie shows until, up. So yeah, but yeah, so like after uh, Sam gets the bad news, he goes out, he sees Bran, he talks to him for a moment. I do like the part earlier on when they're like, "What's what's up with you, Bran?" And he's like, "I'm the three eyed raven now." He's like, "That's great." <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you're, you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so then he says, "Hey, we don't have time for this. Like, you gotta go tell John about his parentage, like now." So I it's like, like he, okay. to his credit, he does it. Yeah, he goes, and you know, so I had some things to say about this scene. So John is already in the crypt, and he's kind of just like you know, being you know, brooding and pensive about the situation, what's gonna happen next. I think he's just kind of psyching himself John, up. John Snow brooding? No, no, he's trying new things. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's reaching out now, so. <laughs> He, uh, you know, it was kind of weird because he hears a noise and turns around and Sam looks like he was like, at first I thought like, was he crawling up some stairs? I was like, oh no, he fell. He tripped on himself and that's how he made his appearance here in the crypt. That makes sense. I was like, yeah, okay, that's in character. There was a thing that they, they might have actually recorded, like shot the video of him like falling and going there because uh, they, they were talking about that scene, the part where he like tells him how that goes uh i guess the 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 plan wasn't to have that scene break out the way that it does really it was supposed to be like this exchange kind of thing but they just liked uh john's john snow's reaction so much they just basically leave the camera on him for a much longer time so it's like in guardians of the galaxy when star lord drops the orb but that was completely like unintentional and they (laughs) kept it I was like, hey, that works. It's in character. Um, yeah, so this scene was interesting because as he's giving all the information to John, the look on John's face, I was legitimately thinking for a moment he was going to do like a for the watch and straight up kill Sam. I and thought I he like, was too. I was like seriously worried for Sam for a moment there. I was like, is he going to like try to silence him? It was like, this can't get out because this is going to ruin everything. 
I almost felt like that's what was gonna happen. Yeah, I was like, I didn't feel that. I was no? seriously concerned. Yeah, I was. I was hoping. I was like, oh, John. <laughs> <are> you- <laughs> I also, I also, I also had a feeling that, like, uh, for some reason, because he's sitting there talking to the John was talking to the statue of Ned Stark. I, I, I had a feeling like, um, uh, Force Ghost. Yeah, something, something was gonna happen. Like Ned Stark was well, gonna show up. I can't think of the actor's name right now. Oh, you can't think of Sean Bean? Sean Bean, thank you. Which should be Sean Bond or, or Sheen Bean. Sheen Bean. Um, so in, in that scene, what happened in the first season, he says, next time I see you, I'll tell you who your, who yes. your mother is. Oh, my Andra, God. You just blew my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because he watched the episode like four days ago, so it's still fresh yeah. in his mind. But still, <laughs> that is crazy. No, yeah, that is a really good pool. I like that. Um. Awesome. Uh. Okay. So yeah. Uh. The idea that uh Sam is sitting there telling John who that you know that he's related to Daenerys. He's he's the rightful king. What does John do with this information? I mean, we're probably gonna find out in the next episode or following episodes. But what do you think John does? Is he is he gonna go make his claim or is he gonna just tell Sam to be to be quiet about it because he doesn't want to be king? Because honestly, that's all I can see about from John is that he doesn't want to be king. He doesn't want to be the one in charge. This is gonna be the conflict though, because as the rightful heir and the true ruler, he might have to step up and take over for Daenerys. But that could also really risk the the relationship they have right now with her armies and so on. Now, there's an interesting rumor going around. Because there's the theory that John is the prince that was promised, mm-hmm. um, the prophecy of which is based on uh, the first hero of the Long Night, um, whatever his name is, um, not Dario Naharis, it's uh, Asora High, I think. Asora High, yeah. And um, so the story there is that you know he had to sacrifice the thing he loved the most, which was his wife, in order to create Lightbringer, the weapon that was going to kill the Night King. Um, and there's just rumor going around and what sam said is kind of foreshadowing that a little bit where he says hey you threw your crown down for this you know for the realm for the good of everyone would she do the same right and it's telling me that you know she might have to make the ultimate sacrifice after all in order for them to to come out victorious so yeah I, i'm thinking if we make a deadpool and i really think we should do that <laughs> um i think daenerys is going to be high up on that list i think it's john i think john has to be the one that 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 dies so that daenerys can get the light bringer but he already him. did what he already did he die. died as a matter of fact i know but he's gonna die again speaking of which though the way that well, uh but what's dead can never die azora yeah, azora sure. high <laughs> plunged uh, the sword into the heart of his lover so would that mean that ollie when he punctured john snow's <laughs> heart like that knife is now imbued with the power it would take to kill the night king i mean only if he loved john i think he did at all. first i think he did <laughs> I think, we all <laughs> i think they did what they did out of love for like the night yeah, watch but, yeah they for, did it out, of the, out of love for the night watch not out of love for john i mean it's still love okay anyways uh, we we forgot to mention the fact that uh, Alfie not his not that's not his real Theon. name Theon Theon and and or Reek or Reek Theon and uh, Ilya? Yara Yara they met again for the yeah. first time she knocked his fucking ass out and yep. it's like all right here you, that's that's how she's like, like, dude that is how they great do. joy <laughs> um, but, she immediately helped him back up though and no, they're like all right let's, yeah. we're good now yeah so uh. But it was a rousing speech by him, though, to get the men to go after her. So that was that's, yeah. it's bringing Theon back some. 
Um, I like the, the way that, the, the, the exchange that they have afterwards when they're above deck. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's like, he's like, I'll go wherever you want me to go. But like, there's so much in his face. It's like, oh, I want to go over there. I don't <laughs> and she tells him like, go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to go to there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So then that brings up uh, to the last part of the episode where we see the, the Umbridge or no, Umber boy mm. pinned to the wall. In a spiral. In a spiral limbs that are going off in the other directions, and then it catches on fire. And Oh, no, it doesn't catch on the but fire. It, it's still on fire. It's, oh, it's, no. like, but before, before we talk about that part, the scene that immediately precedes that is the best joke in the whole episode. <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, stay back, he's got blue eyes. I've always had blue eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, so that was great. I, I also think it's hilarious that, that that dude that's the leader of the Men Without Banners, like, he's his... Big old flamey sword is being used as a flashlight now. Like the Thoros <laughs> yeah. of Mer, yeah. It's it's literally just like, hey, we can't see. Okay, just a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the what's left of the crows and what's left of the men without banners meeting up together to investigate. And you know, it's funny thing is like, you see the kid pin there, and I'm like, oh, that kid's about to come to life and yeah. and like try to attack them. And mm-hmm. even though I know it's coming. <laughs> It still scared the fuck out of me when it happened. Well, because it was loud as hell. And yeah. It was like a, like a demonic shrieking. Yeah. You know what, though? Yeah, as he was, I thought the same thing. Like, the, the way the camera was framed, you see uh, 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 the Giants killer. What's his name? Redbeard. Tormund? Tormund, yeah. Tormund, Giants Bane. Um, Tormund, the giant killer. Um, also fucked the bear, apparently. Um, <laughs> That's what the, le- the legend says. <laughs> So, like, the way it's framed, he's, like, front, you know, front camera. What do you call that? For, uh, foreground? Foreground, yes. Yeah. And so the background's a little blurry, but I could already see the kid's eyes were glowing blue. I was like, uh-oh, that's coming. I know it. It's coming. Yeah. Just like you said, as soon as it happened, it still surprised me. I was like, <laughs> well, it's, it's, whoa. It's like the spider bite in the first Spider-Man movie, like the Sam Raimi movie. <laughs> that's true. You know it's going to happen. It's when just the wind-up, right? I still was like, oh. <laughs> so what does the spiral mean like i know a lot of people were saying it's the targaryen sigil um i thought it was the that that spiral sun spiral that you see at the very beginning of the episode during the the opening credits oh, from the uh that what do you call it the freaking ah that's i can't remember the word for that now the the yeah the basically the diagram of the planets and all that yeah the sun. um Man, it's going to kill me. I'm going to have to look that up later. Anyway, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I've heard that there's no... Um, well, because that's not the only symbol that we've seen the, the White Walkers do. Right. There's been a few others. Um, there was one that looked kind of like a figure eight in a different episode. Um, and another one that had body parts also kind of splayed out, but not in a spiral. It was more like straight lines. Mm-hmm. So there, there's definitely something to those patterns, but they haven't really explicitly stated what they are. Although with this one being a spiral shape and being on fire, I mean, my first thought was definitely like, oh yeah, like that's very reminiscent of the Targaryen symbol. So yeah, I mean, that, I mean, some people are saying that's because it's a Targaryen symbol, so it's in indicating that the the Night King is uh, is a Targaryen. I was thinking he was gonna like destroy their house. That he's going after the Targaryens. Yeah. Like this is like, hey. Fuck you specifically. Yes. <laughs> I got one of your dragons, bitch. <laughs> uh, all right. I mean, it, it could be. I, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was just an interesting thing. Uh, anything? So the, oh, go ahead. There, there's one thing here in reading this stuff. Uh, so uh, an article on Polygon, 
um, there's a little bit they talk about for the spiral. They say um, the the potential connection between the Night King and the Targaryen bloodline is even more interesting when you consider one of the final shots of season seven, in which we saw the White Walkers head south after de destroying the Wall, forming the shape of the Stark sigil as they marched. Oh, interesting. Hmm. So you know what? A little and bit if, there. If we're keeping with the idea that only uh, only Targaryens can ride dragons, and we know that John is a Targaryen. Maybe this lends some credence to that theory that uh, there might be a little Targaryen in this guy. I think I also asked this last last. You think season. he's pregnant? <laughs> you know what? They hinted at that last season because they <laughs> they brought up the prophecy that the the witch said that she was uh, her womb would never give life again until the sun sets on the on the east and uh, like she whatever the prophecy was, uh, it was you know the moon is full of blood or whatever. It's some weird thing. And um, I think that because of the fact that they brought it up at the end of the season, says like she specifically says to John, like, "Oh yeah, I'm Baron," and then they bone later in the episode. I'm like, <laughs> "No, that's uh, he's he's putting something in there." The moment you say <laughs> that, then all of a sudden it's it's gonna happen. Yeah. Well, that also, I, I think I asked you this last season. Have we seen John ever get burned by fire? Yes. Okay, because that was the thing. I, I mean, obviously, when we first meet. Um, Daenerys and her brother and she fucking pours the melting gold on his head. Yeah, Daenerys <clears throat> has a has a like flame retardancy, but that's that's it's a special thing even within Targaryens. Okay. Not every one of them is is fireproof. Um yeah. obviously as we could see, you know, when um But he was also brought to life brought back to life by the the god of light, so maybe he's flame retardant now. He could be. He could have some asbestos in him. <laughs> yeah, that's this is the joke I was going to make. <laughs> Was there any other parts that either one of you want to talk about specifically that we didn't talk about, we didn't cover yet? Uh, there was some interaction with Viserys, uh, Tyrion and Viserys, right. when they were in the caravan. I didn't quite catch what they were saying, but it definitely seemed a little foreboding. Which yeah. Oh, I th there was the whole part about, like, for a guy who doesn't have balls, you, you sure yeah. have, you know, big brass ones or something like that. And he's like, for a guy who's... Not into men. You talk about my balls a lot or something like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. He, he, he says, um, uh, for for a person who, who doesn't like dwarf jokes or whatever, you make a lot of jo you oh, certainly like right, jokes yeah. about eunuchs. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, why is that? You know, and he's like, well, because I have balls and you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I don't remember what what else was said. They did have some type of exchange, but I think that was pretty they, much. They it talked then. To, later on. They talked about the the idea that um, oh, young yeah. people respect their their wisdom or whatever that's given by time, um, and the thing that they the reason that they do that is to keep them at arm's length to remind them, or, or to to push back the idea that eventually uh, they'll become old because everything fades. Yeah, yeah. They mentioned well, roughly. well, the three of them. You have a. Was it Viserys, uh, not Varys, uh, Tyrion, and Sir Davos? And they're yes, all talking. And he's right. like, I'm, I'm not that old. Yeah. <laughs> Tyrion says, I'm not that old. And then they look over and they say, yeah, well, nothing lasts. And as they're looking at what's obviously the relationship between John and Daenerys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, ooh. Well, because Davos is the one that brings it up. I was like, hey, why don't we just get these two to, to become a couple kind of thing, right? Yeah. Power couple. Yeah, power couple. And yeah, the, he, he says union or whatever is exactly what I'm proposing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it. I do think it's interesting because you get those those three together, or sp more specifically Tyrion and, and Varys together, and they're they're kind of the the bickering old couple because the mm -hmm. two of them just love to to verbally battle each other all the time. But they're but they're good at it, so it's good to, it's good to watch. Um, yeah, 
Was there anything else that you wanted to bring up, Stephen? I, I, I really think that they are setting up the thing that um, I think Tyrion's going to die, personally. Okay. Uh, I think he's he seems old. He seems tired. Uh, like, I think that they're, they're showing that he's basically been dealing with the same foes, like, quote-unquote foes, and people that he's had to deal with for so long that everyone was a known quantity. Um, like, the blade that he was is now dull. I think that's the case for pretty much all of these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're being thrown into a whole new situation where everything is different. Nothing can be expected. Uh, I think that this episode was very good as a person who hasn't watched in a very long time <laughs> uh, and only caught like the, the lightest of um, like, I guess recaps here and there for things. It was really good to have it like recap things for me in the way that it did it established what the stakes were. I don't think it was necessary for them to do that, but personally I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, see that's where I'm at for someone that's watched all the the seasons so far. I just I felt like we are doing way too much recapping and reuniting for a season that's gonna be super short. And yeah. yeah. Well and speaking of the reuniting, so the last bit that we had as uh, the last shot of the show, we have Jamie arriving. Oh that's right. We didn't even talk about that yet. <clears throat> And uh, yeah, you know, like he's he actually looks genuinely kind of like optimistic in a way. Like he looks kind of happy and refreshed to be there. Because he feels like he's I, doing the right thing, going yeah. against his sister and stuff like that. And the first person he sees is Brand, Brand staring at him from damn. across. The person that, that you know, the, the the issue that started this whole thing. Yep. Like him pushing Brand out the window starts all of this Game of Thrones. Yep. So the, the, the same two people <laughs> ended the first episode of season one and that the first episode of season eight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see what that exchange is. I'm excited. I mean, does does Bran still hold that? Or is he just like, it doesn't matter anymore because no. I'm the three-eyed I, raven? I think he's going to thank him. He's like, this needed to happen. Yeah, all yeah. this had to happen. You had to set the you, dominoes off yeah. for, it to, for it to come to and this like point. You, if anything, you could say, like, you played your part like you were supposed to. Uh, all right. Well, he did say friend. <laughs> he did say friend. You're right. Uh if you have an opinion that's different than what we had to say or just want to talk to us, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. John's also on Twitter as... I am at Magic Bollocks. And tell us if you think that uh, Mitch is projecting a little on Sam there. I might be. <laughs> <laughs> Steven can also be found on Twitter. You can find me across Twitter and all other social media platforms as either Peppermint Gent or Peppermint Gentleman, with Gent being the shorter version of that. And you can also find him on certain nights. On Twitter. Yeah, on, on certain evenings, I am playing D&D on Fridays at twitch.tv slash mod20gaming. That's two and a zero in the middle there. It's a good time. If you guys like Game of Thrones, we, we got Dungeons and Dragons over there. <laughs> uh, the rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network on our website, geekelitemedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geekly Media Network saying, always remember to geek geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Hi, this is Steven from Geek Elite Media, and I want to tell you about Cuts by Candice, a hairstylist that will work with you to get just the right look. After growing my hair out for years and years, Candice was the only stylist I trusted to cut my luscious locks. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of April 2019, and you'll get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts by Candice 3 on Instagram, and start looking the best you, you can.